his holy name. Amen. It's been good. God stirred the waters. I'll be very brief here tonight. Uh, actually, I was planning on preaching something else, and uh, God wouldn't leave me alone about this message here, and, and I was planning on preaching something else and sharing it with you. And uh, usually I'm, I'm between two messages, and then uh, Brother Stone didn't know this, but when he talked to me tonight, he confirmed what the Lord wanted me to, and it goes right along with what's been going on in this service. Luke chapter number 13, very, very briefly here tonight, Luke chapter number 13. And let me say this, I've already said I'm going to lose my suit coat if y'all don't mind. Uh, at home, I, don't, I preach without one most of the time anyhow, but uh, if you, I've already said it once, there's not, there's not a bad time in this service to get saved. Right, amen. There's not a bad moment. If we're on point number one and you want to get saved, you just go and get saved. You don't let me stop you from getting saved. And I said it last night, I'll say it again. We're so worried about it sometimes and getting out of hand. By the way, no, it's not gotten out of hand any bit in here tonight. Nobody's spoken in an unknown tongue. There's been no charismatic doctrine. And as a matter of fact, we've not been pulling teeth to get anybody saved in here tonight. But I believe we had a visitation from the Holy Ghost of God and I believe he's drawing people to himself tonight. Let me tell you, if he's drawing you to be saved tonight, just go ahead and get saved. And you say, well, I'd be embarrassed. So let me tell you, you're going to be really embarrassed one day when every knee bows and every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord and he separates the sheep from the goat. And hey, you're on the wrong side of things. I'd rather be on the wrong side right now and make things right between me and my God than stand before him. Because guess what? There's no hope then. Hey, you may as well confess with your mouth and believe in your heart now before you, he forces you to bow the knee and confess him, Lord, because it's going to be everlasting too late. And I praise the Lord for his, this is what we've been praying about before we came here. This is what we've been praying about on our way here tonight. We said, we said tonight, we said, we think we ought to just pray in the van on our way here tonight. And brother Paul lifted up his voice and, and prayed that God would do something unique. And I told, I told Brother Jake yesterday throughout the afternoon, I said, I, I, I felt the heaviness. And I can't remember how many times I said that to you yesterday afternoon. I said, I just feel a heaviness on my spirit. And those of you that were here last night, I could barely make it through reading my scripture because I felt the heaviness. And, and then I said last night and this morning after people started getting saved one after another after another, I said, maybe that's why I felt the heaviness in my heart and in my soul. It was God's spirit trying to work through my spirit that people needed to be saved. Luke chapter number 13. I just want to share this message with you tonight. The Bible says in verse number six that he spake a parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted. And the Bible says in this vineyard, and he came and, and sought fruit thereon, and he found none. And the Bible says that when, uh, then he said unto the dresser of his vineyard, behold, these three years, three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree. And found none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone. This year. Let it alone. This year. Also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit. Well. And if not, then after. Thou shalt cut it down. Father, I pray that you'd bless this little time we have left here. On the message tonight, Lord, just give us one more year. Just one more year. 
And I pray that you take this message and make it an everlasting message. Thank you, Lord, for those that have been saved already. Thank you for those, Lord, that, that, that said goodbye to pride, that said goodbye to self, that said goodbye to anything that was hindering them from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe there's some more, but maybe there's some others that have been teetering on the edge of serving you. May they, like those people that willingly got in under the blood of Jesus Christ, may we get in on the service of God tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. We see a man here. This is a, the Bible describes it as a vineyard. And we know later that it's the Lord because he responds and says, Lord, leave it alone. God's giving us an example, Jesus Christ, and he says, this vineyard that he had, and the Lord said, I've come for three years and I've seen no fruit. I've seen nothing happen. I've, I've pleaded, I've done everything we could possibly do in these three years. And they came back one more time to see if there was any fruit. And the dresser of the vineyard stands up and says, let's just give us one more year. Give us one more chance for a harvest, and we'll see what you can do. I believe several things in this passage. I believe, number one, you'll notice the visitation. There's a visitation. He came to the vineyard. Now, I want to tell you here tonight, if, if you don't understand and realize the God of heaven has made a visitation here tonight, you've got blinders on. He has made a visitation here tonight. He is calling unsaved, and I believe even those of us that are saved in this room, he is calling us to serve him in greater ways tonight. And there is always, before God sends judgment, he always sends a visitation. Even the Bible talks about the, the, latter, the latter rain and the latter harvest that's going to happen in the, in the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's going to be a great harvest of souls. And I believe that God even looses at the end of time in Revelation chapter 19, he looses Satan. The Bible says he was bound for a thousand years and at the end of that thousand years, he looses Satan and Satan begins to cause havoc. Armageddon takes place and, and Jesus Christ comes and one final time delivers a death blow to Satan. Why? Because God says, I'm looking for one final, one final harvest and there's a visitation. God is visiting some of you tonight. Some of you, he has visited you about being saved. Some of you, he is visiting you about, about listen, and I, I know this about God. It doesn't matter what's being preached. It doesn't matter what's going on in the service. God can visit you tonight about tithing and giving to missions as sure as he can somebody about being saved. The answer is, will you answer his visitation? He can knock on the door. He said, in, he said to the churches in Revelation chapter number three, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's making a visitation on us. And he said, if any man will open, I will enter in and I will sup with him. Yeah. And I tell you tonight, God is knocking on the door of some of your hearts and he is waiting for you to invite him in in his visitation. I, not only this, but he said, not only was there a visitation, but there was a location. There was a vineyard. And aren't you glad tonight there's a location where God's still working? Aren't you glad there's a church of the living God and God is still working? Aren't you glad there's a location called a Christian home that he can still work in? Aren't you glad there's Christian fellowship and brethren that he can still work in? And I thank God that he not only makes a visitation, but he makes a visitation at his location. But then he says this, there's an expectation. There's an expectation of fruitfulness. You know, God says he expects you now that you're saved. He expects you to bring forth fruit. 
and then expects us to bring forth more fruit and then expects us to bring forth much fruit. The fruitfulness is the the work of God in our life. The results, I, I often say to our people, fruit is an outward result of an inward work. And in your life, if God is calling you, if he is making a visitation to you tonight, he expects there to be some fruit that comes from his visitation. Let me ask you this. I said it at the beginning of this week. We can say we had a good meeting, but guess what? Right now, there's about four or five, six, seven people. We can, we can really stand up and testify we've had a meeting in here. But I wonder in your heart, has there been any fruit? I wonder, are you going to walk away different from this revival? Brother Calvin said, I've never seen, that sounds so weird to say, Brother Calvin, and uh, two of a kind, amen. We look, we look like twins too, where'd he go? <laughs> but I'm telling you, he said in 27 years, and isn't it, isn't it amazing? In 27 years, he said, I've never seen anything like this, but can I tell you this? There are some here that will still walk out the same as they walked in because they don't plan on any fruit coming from the visitation of God. And I wonder, what fruit is he going to have in your life? Are you going to be closer to the Lord because of this meeting? Are you going to begin to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ because of this meeting? Are you going to confess him before others because you're not ashamed of him because of this meeting? Are you going to start tithing and giving to the ministry so that revivals like this can continue to go on? Are you going to give to missionaries that want to do what we've seen in here tonight? Some missionaries don't see what we just saw in here tonight. They don't see it within a year or five years sometimes. Maybe God's knocking on the door of your heart about giving. Or to even go yourself someday and serve him. There's a visitation. There's a location. There's an expectation. Then there's an investigation. He came down and he began to look around their life. I told the Lord a long time ago, there's no area of my life that you cannot touch. I wonder when God comes down and makes a visitation at our location with an expectation, I wonder if we say to him, well, don't go in that area over there. Well, God, you can visit my vineyard, but don't you touch my internet. Don't you touch my television, Lord. Don't you touch my music. Don't you touch the words that are coming out of my mouth. Don't you touch my Saturday mornings and visitation time. God, you can visit all you want to over in that area and in that area and that area. But God, don't you touch that part of the vineyard. Oh, no, no. He's coming down and there's going to be an investigation. Is there any area of your life that you're telling the Lord you can't, you can't, we don't want you in that area, Lord. Not only is there an investigation, but we find in the midst of this investigation, there's indignation. Not only did he say, behold, he said, three years I've come and investigated this thing. By the way, I believe he was making a correlation to the ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ for three years was preaching to the nation of Israel. And for three years and a little beyond that, he he started his earthly ministry and began to preach and to teach and to try to draw people to the Lord. And the Bible says he came unto his own and his own received him not. He found very little fruit in the nation of Israel. But here's what he said. Give him one more year. Because the Bible says, listen, there's going to come a day when the wrath of God is going to be poured out among men. Matter of fact, not only does it say that, Brother Matthew, it says that if you believe not on him, you, his wrath abides on you already. Yes. That's right. 
there's going to be an indignation from God. Jesus said, when I come back, will I find any faithful? Matter of fact, he said, when the men come back to me and they make an account for their talents, he's going to call some of us wicked and slothful servants. There's going to be some indignation. But I like this. Not only was there indignation, I believe also there was some contamination. He said it cumbereth the ground. There was things in there that shouldn't have been in there. But then I like this. There's an intervention. The Bible says the dresser of the vineyard came and he said, Lord, let it alone this one year. Let it alone this one year, Lord. And aren't you glad for a savior that the Bible says he ever liveth to make intercession for us? Aren't you glad that when we fail him and when God should have been like the made up gods of the Greeks that had lightning bolts in their hand and wanted to strike them dead. Aren't you glad we have a savior that is pleading on our behalf that says, God, give him one more year. God, give him one more chance. When God wanted to destroy the mankind, Jesus said, hey, I'm willing to go and be the sacrifice for mankind. And not only is our sacrifice, the Bible says he continues to be our advocate after we sinned. It says we have an advocate with the father. That's a lawyer. Could you imagine? You're the worst criminal in town, but you got the best lawyer in town. Man, I'm so filthy. I'm so vile. I'm so, I fall so short of what God wants me to be. But I'm going to tell you, when he makes that visitation and he finds out there's some things in my life that shouldn't be there, I thank God that there is an intervention with my Lord Jesus Christ. God is pleading with him, give him one more year. And I believe that's why your nation, and I believe that's why my nation, and I believe that's why your church and my church and your family and my family have not been consumed already. You know why? Because the Bible says, but for the mercies of God, we'd be consumed. There's an intervention for us. And when he intervened, here's what happened. He said, he said give me a year. He said, I'm going to dig about it. What was he saying? He said, I'm gonna, there's going to be some preparation. There's going to be some preparation. You know, before this meeting, why we're seeing what we're seeing is because there's been some preparation. There was some, there was some digging going on. And not only was there preparation, he said, not only am I going to dig it, he said, I'm going to dung it. There was some saturation going on. You know why we're seeing what we saw? Because there's some saturation in prayer. There's some saturation in holiness. There's some saturation in godliness. There's some saturation in trying to be faithful to God. There's some saturation, hey, trying to put the Bible in our hearts. There's been some, all week what we've been doing is we've been plowing up the ground and we've been dunging the ground and we've been putting the word of God inside of you so that it will yield fruit. It was preparation. And I like this. And last here tonight. Not only was there that, I believe, but look at the Bible says, and, af, and, it, and if it bear fruit, well, if not, then after that shalt thou cut it down. I like this. There's going to be a culmination one day. It's all coming to a head. And I believe this whole revival from the men's conference on down, it's all coming to a culmination right now in this service. And the question is, will you... Here, here's what God did for three years. That, that, that keeper of the vineyard, the, the, the Lord, he said, give me three years. After that three years, there was little to no fruit there. 
Then he said, give me one more year. Here's what happened. Jesus Christ went around and he preached for three years. For three years, three and a half years, the Lord Jesus Christ preached. And John had been preaching even before him, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But our Lord's ministry was three years. And they rejected him and they crucified him. And no doubt the God of heaven said, hey, they all deserve to die. They've killed my son. But I believe Jesus was on the cross saying, give me one more year. When he died, he was buried and he rose again, the Bible says, according to the scriptures. And guess what happened? About 40 days later, after he said, give me another year, 3,000 people get saved in Acts chapter 2. And then two chapters later, 5,000 people get saved. And by the time we get to Acts 2020, they had turned Jerusalem upside down with their doctrine. By the time we get to the book of Acts, it has gone to the uttermost part of the world. So how do we know that? Because there was one day when the Lord of the harvest made a visitation and he found problems in there and there was his location and he had an expectation and then he had an investigation. But he found that it made him angry with the indignation because there was contamination But thank God there was an intervention and there was a preparation and a saturation that led to a culmination. But how will you respond tonight? We've had folks come to be saved. If if you're not saved, there's folks all over the auditorium. All you gotta do is grab them by the arm, tell them I need to be saved. You'll be saved tonight. But some of you have been holding out and God has been patient with you and you've not responded and you've not responded and you've not responded and he's, wait, he's waiting on some of you. And some of you, you don't realize how close it is to him saying, you know what? Cut it down. I'm done. I'm done. It's kind of like this. We had, we had a, you ever been to camp and you, like our camps, a lot of times there's a rope. And we'll swing out on that rope and jump off of it into the river or into the lake. What a great time that is. But I want you to imagine in your mind God throwing you out a rope tonight. He throws it out. You know, the first time you throw that rope out, it swings all the way back to you, doesn't it? But if you don't grab it, you let it go out again. Now you got to reach your arm out a little bit to get it. It comes back again. Now you got to lean over to get it. And then there comes a time where you can no longer reach that rope. Be like King Agrippa. Paul, almost, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Can I say to you tonight, if you're almost saved, you're altogether lost. If you're almost in on serving Jesus, then you're altogether not. And I encourage you, Christian, get in. God is starting. I, I told Austin when he got saved last night, and I said, I said, brother, I will stay here for the next four hours to you to you know that you know that you've been saved. And I said, Austin, I said, what's going to happen is you're going to start a ripple. I said, Brother Jake, you were there when I said this. I think you were there in the hallway. I said, you are about to start a ripple 
in, the, in, in, in God's work because I know what happens. So when somebody grabs that rope, somebody else says, oh, I need to do that. And the Holy Spirit, it just gets a little bit, it comes to this culmination and God just begins to work. When one person begins to surrender to the Lord, it just, it just breaks through. Will you be that one? I'm saved. I know I'm saved. Great. Will you be the one to step out and say, I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm giving my marriage to Christ. I'm a teenager. I'm giving the rest of my days to serve Christ. I'm giving my kids to serve Christ. I'm going to pray for them that they'll serve God. I'm going to give them an example. I'm giving, you say, well, I'm in my 70s. I'm in my 80s. I'm giving the rest of my days to serve my God. There's a culmination here tonight. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. With our heads bowed and eyes closed here tonight, I wonder if there's anybody else that say, Brother, the Lord's been convicting my soul. I don't know for sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. But I want to get that settled. Would you, will you pray with me about that? Will you pray with me about that, that I could come and do what they did and be saved? Here's my hand, Brother Allen. Right now, here's my hand. The Lord's convicted my soul. I'm not saved. He's come by. He's passing by you one more time tonight. He's passing by one more time. He's trying to get a harvest, trying to see if there's any fruit here that needs to be saved. Here's my hand, Brother Allen, right now. Don't hesitate. I've often said I wouldn't go to hell for anybody in this room tonight. Here's my hand, Brother Allen. I need to be saved. Anybody like that tonight? By your own admission, everybody in here now is born again. I hope you are. If you're not and you didn't raise your hand, come and grab somebody, Brother Calvin, whoever you need to grab and be saved. But I wonder how many of you, you've been playing around in your Christian life. You've been playing around in your Christian walk. You've been straying away from the Lord. And he's coming here tonight. Maybe he sent me here tonight to say, you know what? It's time to get in. Maybe some of you, have been, you stopped going soul winning and God's saying, I'm looking for fruit. I'm looking for fruit. And Jesus is pleading with God, but he said, all you got is one year. One year and I'm done with you. Will you be the one that within that year brings fruit? Father, I thank you so much for speaking to my heart tonight. Thank you so much for the glory we felt. But Lord, you're not done with people just being saved. They just started. God, all of us in here that admit it, we're saved. we we, We ought to be running right now. They're just starting. God, you just started. You're not done with this service. I pray that your people would respond tonight with a bended knee and even more than that, a bended heart to be fruitful for you. Whatever area you've touched there in their heart tonight, may they respond with a ready and willingness heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me here tonight? Would we stand and stretch our legs? Brother Jake will begin to sing a song. If I'm willing to live for him, would you, would you pass me not? I'm sorry, pass me not, oh gentle Savior. Fanny Crosby wrote this song because there was a man that began to scream out. God, while you're, and God wasn't touching his heart. And he went over to the side. And he began to scream and cry out, don't pass me by. While you're talking to others, God, don't pass me by. And Fanny Crosby heard those words. And she wrote the words to this song. Would you mind the Lord tonight as he sings?
be some mommies and daddies that lead the way for their kids. We need to show our kids we can be fruitful. Here's the culmination tonight. That's right. Here's the culmination tonight. Maybe some husbands ought to lead their wives and say, you know what? We're getting all in on serving God. We've been playing around. We've been playing games. We've been saying we're going to get things right. We've been saying we're going to get serious about God. It's time to get in and get serious about God. He's looking for fruitfulness. If he went to your house tonight, would he find fruitfulness? If he searched the recesses of your heart tonight, would he find would he find anything that he could spare you? You know, in Sodom and Gomorrah, he looked for, he just said, if I could find 10 righteous people. I wonder if God's looking at Canada tonight in the United States of America and Simcoe and Ontario. I wonder if he's saying, man, can I find 10 people that are serious about this? 10 people who want to live for me? Will God find it in your life? I wonder if he's going to come by my family and say, is there any fruitfulness in the Allens? taking my blessings off of their house. Let me tell you, I need the blessing of God on my house. There's some pastors here. We need the blessing of God on our churches and our ministries. There's ministry leaders. There's assistant pastors. We have got to have the Lord of the harvest happy and pleased with us. Maybe you're here tonight, sinner friend, and you've been, you've been playing around. You, you know and God knows you've been straying and you've been playing church. Would you come down tonight and make it right with God? calling he's calling sadly most of us are saying God if you'll just pass me by this time and some other time there may not be another time that's why he said now's the day of salvation now's the time why it's appointed unto men once to die and after this a judgment you have an appointment of death and can I tell you it's not like that dentist and doctor's appointment you won't get out of this appointment there's a date on your, on your life in heaven. There's an expiration date. And it's done. It's in. It's sealed. It's finished. Before that time happens, will you get saved? Will you serve him? Will you finally bend that knee? Will you finally take that rebellious heart of yours and allow God to give you, instead of a heart and heart, God says he will give you a heart of flesh again. You know, some of you could be happy again. Some of you could have joy again. Some of you can enjoy the things of God again. But we're more concerned what brother such and such thinks of us than what God knows about us. He's looking for fruit. Is he finding any tonight? And I'm not talking about some fruit that's going to last a few weeks here in the church. I'm talking about allowing God to do something in you that is lasting. Something in you that is permanent. Something in you that is going to yield fruit, that will yield fruit. God's going to grow your life, and he's going to, man, your life is just, I mean, it's just good. You're not even going to believe what God's going to do in some of the lives of the people that got saved this week. You're not going to believe what some, God's going to do in the life. You're not, going to, you're not even going to believe the fruitfulness that's going to come from those that are bowing the knee, from those that are bowing the heart right now, even in the pew. Even in the pew. My humble cry. While on others, while on others.
me at thy throne of mercy in that verse this is our last let me at the thy throne of mercy find a sweet relief healing there in deep contrition find relief at his throne. You'll find mercy, grace. Aren't you glad? He's intervening for you already. He's intervening. He's saying, God, give him another year. Can I tell you, there's going to come a time where God says, no more years, Jesus. No more years. Go get my bride. Go get my church. Go get my children. It's over. I pray if you're not saved in here tonight, you can, you can get saved tonight before you go to bed, but you may not make it to bed. Get saved. Brother Calvin, would you take over this invitation? God bless y'all. Thank y'all so much for allowing us to come. We didn't come here to play games, though. We came here to do work for the Lord. We came here to see God bring fruit out of this meeting here. And we'll continue to pray that God will cultivate the spirit that started here. God will help this spirit rest on this church. That it's not an event, but it's a lifestyle for Bethel Baptist Church. God bless you, brother.